Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Friday, March the 18th, 2022. It is currently 3.59 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from Abilene, Texas. Now, I remember when I first became a Christian, I was sitting in a pew at First First Baptist Church, Tuscola, Texas. That's when God saved me. That's when God opened my eyes. That's when he brought me to himself. That's when I was saved in 1980s, a pew, First Baptist Church, Tuscola, Texas. And, And I'll never forget the the excitement that I had just understanding that all of my sins had been forgiven because there was one thing I understood. I understood that I was a sinner. I understood that I was a mess, that I had made millions of mistakes and that I didn't deserve anything but the judgment of God. I I, I understood that. I was broken over my sin and I was so grateful that that God sent his son to die for me. I was filled with excitement. I was filled with enthusiasm. And I was filled with this overwhelming zeal that I'm going to go out there and live the Christian life. I'm going to tell everyone about Jesus and I'm going to live for Jesus. And, 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 and that's, that, I, that was my desire. That was my zeal. That was my passion. I was going to do it and I was going to do it perfectly, right? There was definitely this mindset within my mind as a young Christian, I mean, I was just consumed with this idea that because of what Jesus did for me, I was going to follow him perfectly. I was never going to deviate. I was going to be holy. I was going to be godly. And then I started hearing a teaching on Christian radio and even in my church that went something like this. Now that I'm a Christian, now that I'm a Christian, all everything old is gone and everything has become new. I am a new creature in Christ. And that was explained to me that that was true at a practical level. That wasn't just true in a positional level. In fact, I don't think I really even understood my positional standing before God. It was more like, okay, my sins have been forgiven and I've been basically, I've been, all the old is gone. I, I didn't even really quite understand total depravity or sinful nature, but it was like, that's all gone. Whatever I was no longer existed. Everything was new. And so go live out this new life. And, and I was like, yes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then I realized it did not take long. Wait a minute. And when I say it didn't take long, I'm not talking like it, it wasn't 24 hours, but probably a, maybe a year. Maybe it took about a year. I, I don't know exactly when, but I begin to realize, wait a minute, if the old is gone, I keep sinning and I keep sinning and I keep sinning and I keep sinning in so many different ways, because the more I learned, the more I begin to realize all the things God called me to do. I begin to realize Everything, I'm supposed to love my enemy. I'm supposed to turn the other cheek. I'm supposed to love my neighbor as myself. I'm supposed to love God with all my heart, mind, body, and soul. I'm supposed to have a pure heart and just on and on and on and on and on and on. If I even look at a woman with lust, I've committed adultery. And it just, I begin to realize that there's so many things he calls me to do, but I keep sinning. But why am I sinning if the old is gone and everything is new? And, And I became more and more confused and at times frustrated, at times discouraged, at times extremely depressed. And not quite understanding. And, and then 
We could go through my entire history, but I begin to experience some of these questions and some of these frustrations. I'm not going to go with everything that took place from that point on, but just, just to make it simple, I begin to realize it's not as easy as maybe it was sold, right? It was just like, believe in Jesus and everything's wonderful, but it was then it was like, believe in Jesus, but now you need to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, and Z. And then I begin to be taught, if I don't do these things and do these things in a correct way to a correct level, I may not even be saved. And then I was like, well, wait a minute. So, so how much do I have to do this to be saved? And what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? In fact, I got so discouraged so depressed that I even remember going to the pastor asking, is it possible that I could be demonically possessed? Like, you know, because I mean, I, you could say it was crazy. You could say that I had psychological problems, but I was just very sensitive. I kept reading and reading my Bible and I was just very sensitive to every scripture that said, do this and don't do this and do this. And this is a sin. And I was just like, there's, the list is never ending. I can't, I can't do these things. I'm going to continue to fail. But then I was being told, wait a minute, if I don't do these things, I may not even be saved. And it was just, it became maddening. And I struggled and struggled and struggled and struggled through a good portion of my Christian life, trying to figure all of this out, painfully aware of how short I constantly fell to what God was calling me to do. And I was just realizing that Christianity is sold one way, but the reality you experience sometimes is very different than, than the way it's sold. And it's like, what, what is wrong with me? And those feelings came crashing in upon me again this week. I'm not going to go through all of the, the, the story again, but if, you're, if you've paid any attention to what's happening right now on the internet, there's lots of controversy about this horrible story coming out of Grace Community Church and a woman who was abused, her children were abused and sexually, uh, sexually molested, and she ends up being excommunicated. It's just a horrible, horrible story. And as I was just reading, as I've been reading this story, paying attention and watching everyone argue and fight and just... And, and just, just looking at other articles that have, uh, that have come out today about some other things happening in some big name churches and just, just, uh, just one article after another, it just began to, all these feelings of just how messed up we all are just begin to overwhelm me. It's like we keep sinning. We hurt the name of Christ. We fall short. 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 And it just really began to have a, a massive impact on me this week. I, like I, depressed, discouraged, not even, I mean, I, I typically want to be doing a live broadcast, but I haven't even wanted to talk. I've not even wanted, I've not even wanted to do anything. It's just been, it's been a struggle to get anything done because it's just been so overwhelming to me. I've been unable to sleep. It's just, it's just how messed up we all are. How messed up are we in the body of Christ? Now, what's encouraged me is the Bible study uh, that we've been doing this week on John chapter 14, Let Not Your Heart Be Troubled. We talked about that in the last live broadcast. I'm not going to go through all of that again. But I saw someone's response. They, they, were, they were posting a response in regards to another article about things happening with this whole John MacArthur Grace Community Church situation. And they simply wrote these words. 
not as easy to finish this race as some may believe. Not as easy to finish this race as some may believe. And that just hit me. What, what is the finish of the race? And when we speak of the race, we're talking about the Christian life. The Christian life is described as a race. It's described as a walk. It's described as a race. There's lots of, of different ways it is described. But it is a race, and clearly in a certain way. When we become saved, we, in a sense, be, enter this, we be, enter the race, and we will finish the race when we basically stand before God glorified body, no more pain, no more sickness, and no more death. But when I come to the finish of this race here on earth, when the race ends, how am I going to finish that race? I mean, we're all going to finish it because we're all, I mean, we're all going to die or Christ is going to return. So everyone will finish it. But what is that finish going to look like? Right? Whenever a race begins, right? It doesn't matter if it's a foot race, car race, any kind of race. You don't always know how that race is going to end. Is it going to race? Is it going to end in some dramatic fashion? Is it going to end in a, a very non-dramatic fashion? We, you don't ever know. And I don't know how my race is going to end, and I don't know how your race is going to end. But I, but this quote, this person who stated this, it just made me think. I wonder how my what it's going to look like when I finish. Because I can look at, I can look at my life throughout the race, and there's been lots of just horrible crashes. Right, the car smashed into the wall and burst into flames. I, I, I the tires came off. I, I flipped the car fifteen times. It's been a lot of uh, just devastating things that have happened in my life, and many of them because of my own foolishness and stupidity. So, how what is the finish going to look like? And then I started thinking, you know, of the concept of this idea that, you know, if, if, if you die young, you can die a hero or you end up living long enough to become a villain. The longer you live, it seems like we all end up becoming a villain. Or maybe we should state it this way. The longer we live, it, the reality of the fact that we still have a sinful nature, it becomes obvious. In other words, if I'm saved on a Monday, right? And 2022, right, say in March, uh, I'm saved on a Monday in March 2022, and I die, you know, May, June 2022, maybe I, I don't live long enough for everyone to still see the reality of that depravity, right? They're going to go, wow, that's what, he he changed a lot when he became a Christian, and he only lived a short time. So, it, but the longer you live as a Christian, the longer you live, the the greater chance that depravity is going to show itself. It's going to manifest itself. It doesn't matter how much we cover it up. It doesn't matter. We can dress ourselves up with all of the fig leaves we can find. We can try to cut, we can, we can go running, we can go running around finding every fig leaf and just develop the, the nicest, you know, clothing that we can with fig leaves. But all we're doing is covering us, ourselves up with our own works and our own self-righteousness. But sooner or later, the longer we live, the fig leaves no longer hide the reality that we're sinners and that sinful nature is not eradicated in salvation. It is still there. It is still there. I know some theologies want to teach that it's not, but the reality is that that theology is proven by the reality of everyone's life. The sinful nature is still there. So the longer I live, what is the finish of my race going to look like? 
What, what is it? I mean, what is the finish of your race? What is the finish of the race of your church going to look like? Is it going to be a story of sin and brokenness? Well, I think all of our stories are stories of sin and brokenness. So I just grabbed a bunch of verses that kind of that would kind of relate to this idea of finishing the race. I'm just going to, we're just going to work through them in a devotional way. And then I'm just going to try to end with maybe some verses that may be more encouraging. Not as easy to finish the race as some may believe. I, I almost want to give away my, my, my philosophy here, but I'm not, I'm not. Let, let's just look at some scriptures. The, the first one that comes to mind here, and I just have a lot of them here, is 2 Timothy chapter 4. This is probably when we think of the race and running the race. Maybe this is the one that comes to your mind, maybe one in Hebrews, but 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul writing to Timothy. He writes these words. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Now we, we typically teach that and preach that is, okay, this is, Paul can say he has done this. This is what Paul accomplished. Now remember, this is the same Paul, right? Second Timothy four, seven through eight. This is the exact same Paul who in Romans says the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, those are the things I do. And then he ends that chapter with these very powerful words, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with my mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. How can a man who says the things he wants to do, he doesn't do, the things he doesn't want to do, those are the things he does, and that his mind may serve the law of God, but with his flesh, he serves the law of sin. He declares himself to be a wretched man. He declares himself in other places to be the chief of sinners. How can that man then turn around and say, I know this, all right? Let me read it to you, Second, uh, uh, Second Timothy uh, chapter 4, uh, verse 7. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Sometimes we, we take 2 Timothy 4, 7 through 8, and we, re, we remove it from everything else Paul said. And how did he finish the faith? How did he finish the race? How did he, how did he, again, I'm using the exact words from the King James, how did he fight a good fight? How did he finish his course? How did he keep the faith? Is this what Paul did? Or is there something else to this? Is there another way to possibly understand it? Now, I want to be able to say, when I get to the end of my life, that I fought a good fight, that I finished my course, and that I have kept the faith. Now, do I, do I keep the faith, or do I keep the faith because someone is keeping me? That, that's a very important theological distinction there to, to draw. But that's a, that's a powerful passage. 
I, I want to, I want to, I want to make it there seeing that these things are true of me. I, I, I don't know if I will. I know that I could look back at times in my life where I, I can't say there's been plenty of times in my Christian life where I don't think I fought a good fight. I think there's plenty of times in my Christian life where I can't say I finished the course because it's not over, but I, I there's plenty of times in my Christian life. I, I mean, when you say kept the faith, well, I, I haven't like abandoned the faith. I haven't departed from the faith, obviously. But I can tell you times where my faith was weak. I can tell you where I did things that clearly went against the faith. How do we understand this? Now, there's another passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's go to verse 24. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, written to a church that had every kind of problem in the world, and there was sin, there was division. I mean, I mean, th- this church has got a, a, a number of problems, but Paul says this to them, 1 Corinthians 9, 24, know ye not that they which run a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. I want, I want to finish the race. But am I running it like I want to win it? Am I running it like that I want to obtain the prize? Am I really running it that way? Or have I demonstrated time and time time again in my Christian life that I'm not really, that that I'm not demonstrating that level of commitment? Verse 25, and every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertain, uncertainty, uncertainly, so fight I not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any man's when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Now, this obviously indicates some effort, uh, the right way of thinking that I'm going to run this like I'm trying to win it, that I'm going to beat my body and bring it into subjection so that I will not be a castaway. This clearly speaks of our own work and struggle and effort and attempting to run the race, to finish the race in a good way. In fact, you could take 2 Timothy 4, 1 Corinthians 9, and some people may develop a, a, a very, and, and please hear what I'm about to say, a very man-focused theology about this, right? It's on you. It's on you. You, you, you finish it. You fight. You run. You beat your body. You bring it into subje- subjection. You do it. You do it. You. It's, what, it's really about self-effort. Do we just, is this just about the person who can pull themselves up by their own boot bootstraps and really do this? Is it is it about that? Well, there, there, I'm by no means am I denying our responsibility and our efforts in this. But if if running the race is dependent on me, what is it going to look like when I get to the finish line? Is it going to be something I can pat myself on the back? Are we, are we committed to finishing the race the correct way? Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. This is, this is probably the one many of you thought of. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, 
this is very important, that great cloud of witnesses, if that refers to the people in Hebrews chapter 11, let's make it very clear that many of the people mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11, the only thing, now this is very important, what they are remembered for is their faith. But let's also not forget that the people mentioned in Hebrews 11, many of them committed great sin and had many failures. Abram, Abraham, he lied to basically protect himself. He ended up sleeping with another woman. He he committed adultery. He had more than one wife. There's a number of it. Moses killed someone. Moses didn't even make it into the promised land. Many other people, uh, other people are mentioned here as well. Uh, We have David mentioned. All right, David, murder, adultery, multiple wives. Samson, we won't go through all the things he did wrong. I mean, there's a number of people mentioned here in Hebrews 11 who all committed great sin. They all failed. They all committed great sin. But they are, they, are, they are the great cloud of witnesses, and they are all praised for their faith, their faith, their faith, their faith. So I think this begins to give me some indication. The way, if I'm going to reach the end of, my, of the race, and I'm going to reach the end of that race in some good way, it's going to be based on the fact of my faith. Not necessarily my, the quality of the, of the end of that race is not going to be determined necessarily by my action, but by my faith. Because these men in Hebrews 11 are remembered for their faith. Now, I'm not saying action is not mentioned here, but it's just amazing because they are known for their faith. The only actions that are talked about are the positive ones and all of the negative ones are just completely left out of the account, completely left out of the story. Why? Because when I place my faith in Christ, I am imputed with a perfect righteousness and I'm declared to be perfect and righteous. I'm declared to be a good and faithful servant even though I'm not practically that doesn't excuse the sin. And yes, we should, we should strive against it. We should bring our body into subjection. We should do everything we can to fight and to finish our course and to keep the faith. Yes, it's a constant struggle, but remember, we're never going to do it perfectly and we're going to fail and fail and fail. But if I finish the course in faith in Christ, right, which I believe I will because Christ is the one keeping me and he's not going to lose any, when I get to the end, the the reason I can say I've kept the faith, I've done these things, is because I'm in Christ Jesus. Think of it this way. Christ ran the race, right? He took up on human flesh, was incarnated, lived his life on this earth, right? Kept all of God's law, was obedient, did everything the Bible calls us to do. He accomplished all of it. And by my placing my faith in him, this is very important, his practical and his passive and active obedience is imputed to my account. So in Christ, I keep the faith. In Christ, I finish the course. In Christ, I run the race correctly and will finish it correctly in him because he already finished it for me. He kept the faith. He finished the course. He fought a good fight. In Christ, that is true of me and my position. In my practice, I'm trying to live out what is true of me positionally. To me, I I think one of the best definitions of the Christian life is the Christian life is an attempt, an attempt that we will never do perfectly to live out practically what is true of us positionally. 
Yes, I want to be able to say I fought a good fight. I want to be able to say I finished the race. I want to be able to say I kept the faith. But I, all of those things are true of me in Christ. I want to run the race like I want to obtain the prize. Yes, I want to, I don't want to run aimlessly. I, I want to, I want to bring my body under subjection. But in a sense, Christ accomplishes everything perfectly. He fasted, he prayed, he loved, he turned the other cheek. Look, think of everything in the Sermon on the Mount that we're called to do. Christ did it all for us. That's my only hope. I just think it's interesting in Hebrews 12. Yeah, wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with a so, so great a cloud of witnesses, a lot of people will look at those that cloud of witnesses and say, but they did this and they did this and they did this. Yes, they did those things. Not going to deny that. But let's remember what's left out of here are all the things they did wrong, all of their failures, all of their shortcomings, adultery, polygamy. I mean, lying. I mean, you just have so many things that these people did. And, and, and it, that's just, it's forgotten. Why? Because in Christ, the old is gone in their position and they are to be understood as a new creature. The old is gone because in Christ, they are perfect. But it goes on to say, wherefore, seeing we're also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Yes, we do. Again, in our practical life, we're trying to live out what is true positionally. And I got to get rid of the weights and I got to get rid of everything that's that's trying to hold me back and, and sidetrack me from, from get me off track and trying to run this race. And I need to look unto Jesus. This is important. I need to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I can keep the faith because Jesus already finished it. He's the one keeping me. I, I, he, he is the author and finisher of my faith, who for, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, he ran, he fought a good fight. He kept the faith. Notice how it describes this. He said, he's, uh, he, for joy that was set before him, look, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He fought a good fight. He kept the faith. He is the author and finisher of the faith. I, when I get to the end of my life, I can say I have fought a good fight. I have done these things because Christ did them on my behalf. We want to turn it into a very man-focused thing on what we do, what we do, what we do. The problem is you look around and people fall short, people fall short, people fall short, people fall short. There's sin, there's sin, there's sin, there's brokenness, there's sin, there's sin, there's sin, there's sin. We don't excuse that sin. We have to deal with that sin. We have to fight against that sin. We have to try to turn from that sin. I am in no way denying that. What I'm saying is Christ did what is talked about here. He, he, took, he took upon the form of a servant. He, he endured everything that happened in this life. He endured the pain of the cross. He did it all. He did the will of the Father. He did it perfectly. He said, not my will, but your will be done. He did all of those things that, that would make for us finishing the race correctly. He finished the race. My finish is connected to his finish because in him, his finish becomes my finish. I think this is an important concept. Let me read it again. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. 
looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against him, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. See, look, he, it describes him running the race. He did it all from start to finish. He kept the faith. He did it all. He ran to obtain the prize. He did it for the glory of the father. He fulfilled the will of God. That, that has to play in to our understanding of finishing the race. Philippians 3. Let's go to Philippians 3. Uh, there's a lot more scriptures we could have here. A lot more scriptures. I've got more, plenty more. I've got enough written down that we could take an, an hour easy. But I'm just going gonna, gonna to skip some of these. Philippians chapter 3 verse 12. Not though I have already obtained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. See, I've not already, I've not already attained it. I'm not already perfect, but I follow after it, that I may apprehend that which is, which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. I'm trying to, in a sense, grab onto practically what has already been provided positionally. Brethren, I count myself to, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That, that we, we, Yes, we're running a race. Yes, we're striving. But remember, we're running, think of this way. We're running a race practically, but as we're running the race practically, we are living in the completed race in Christ Jesus. We positionally, the race is already over. The race is all already done. I'm a good and faithful servant. I have fought the fight. All of those things are true in my position and my practice. I'm striving. I'm trying to bring the body into subjection. I'm, 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 I'm laying aside every weight that I'm trying to live out practically what is true positionally. But in my position, the race is over. The race is done. The race is won. The prize have been, has been obtained. It's all in Christ Jesus. I am trying to apprehend and practice what has already been apprehended in my position. I, I mention all of this because I think, I think it's very important to us to come to this conclusion. And here's the reason I think it's important. So we can look at all these verses about running, obtaining, striving, fighting. We, we, those things are true. We're trying to live out practically what is true positionally. But I just consider two scriptures that speak about our position. Two, I mean, there's a lot of scriptures that speak of our position, but just think of a couple. Go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, which I think is powerful because this, this comes right after chapter 7, where we end chapter 7 with the Apostle Paul saying, Oh, wretched man that I am. The Apostle Paul acknowledges that in his practice, he 
In his mind, he serves the law of God, but in his flesh, he serves the law of sin. That is true of us in our practice. We're going to constantly serve the law of sin in our flesh because we have a sinful nature and it's going to show up in our attitudes and our actions and our thoughts and our desires and in our motives over and 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 over again. And the longer we live out our Christian life, the more it will be exposed. But then, but in spite of that, chapter eight, verse one begins, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, I have kept the faith. I have finished my course. I have done all of these things in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit for the law of the spirit. And it goes on to go through there. But just please, please note that there's no, therefore no condemnation. There's no condemnation because I have been perfectly saved and God's Christ righteousness has been perfectly imputed to my account. And then I just think John chapter 16, verse 33. These things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Christ has overcome everything. He's overcome death. He's overcome sin. He's overcome everything that we will encounter. So in him, it's all, it's, everything's been overcome. All, I'm more than a conqueror in him. In my position and practice, I fall short. But in my position, I'm more than a conqueror. In my, in my position, I'm a good and faithful servant. Well done. In my position, I have kept the faith. Everything is perfect. But in my practice, I'm trying to live out what is true and that position. When your race is over, in practice, if anyone's honest, now I know when, when whenever someone dies and it's funeral time, it's time for the funeral, uh, truth gets thrown out the window and we almost create mythical <laughs> histories of the people who have died and we only speak of how wonderful they were, how great they were, they were a great this, great that. No matter how many shortcomings they have, they all get forgotten at least at the funeral, right? Now maybe after the funeral is over and people are driving home in their car going, that guy was actually a jerk and he was not a very good husband and not a very good father. Then maybe people will tell, but at least for the funeral, everyone just remembers the fake version of the person. When we get to the end of our lives, when we get to the end of our race, practically anyone who's honest, they're going to see our sin and our failure. They're going to see our self-righteousness, maybe our arrogance, our ego. But in Christ, all that can be said is that I'm a good and faithful servant because of his perfect righteousness. It's not easy to finish the race. Practically, positionally, the race is over. The race is done. The race is won. The race has been accomplished. Christ did it all. He's the author, the finisher. Think of it. He's the author and the finisher, and he's the runner of the race. He obtained it. He did it all. Now, I hope and pray that what he has done motivates me to run this race a little better and to do better that I have. I'm going to fall short, but to do better. I still want to finish the race as 
well as I can practically. I, it, it's it's going to be a mixed bag. It's going to be a history of, of ups and downs and failures. And, and it's just going to be like, man, that person was a sinner. I mean, in, in some ways, the only thing, you know, I, 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 I don't, I'm not going to have a funeral. I've already made that clear. I don't want a funeral um, because I, I can't stand funerals because, again, I just think it, it creates mythical histories that are not necessarily true. Just, uh, you know, my, I just want my, my family can gather at the gravesite. I'm not going to have a funeral. Nobody else is there. Nobody else is invited. Just my immediate family. And nothing is to be said. They, they can they can spend a moment. They can talk amongst themselves if they want, and then they can put me in the ground and on the tombstone. I don't even I don't want even want my name. I don't want my name. I don't want a birth date. I don't want to. I don't want I, because everything about me is irrelevant. The only thing that can be on that tombstone is a sinner is buried here. That's it. That's the only thing I want on the tombstone. A sinner is buried here because that's what it is. A sinner. That's it. That that body. That gets put in the ground. That that body was a sinner. It had a sinful nature. It sinned. It failed God, and it let God down. That's what that until that body is transformed and glorified. That's all that I was was a sinner. That's all that I am. That's all that'll ever be is a sinner. But in Christ, I'm perfect. I'm holy. I'm righteous. In Christ, I kept the faith. In Christ, I fought a good fight. In Christ, I finished the race. Now, it doesn't excuse any of my failures during, but that's the only way to look at it. It has to be the only way to look. Again, Hebrews 12 to me is where we start getting a, 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 a clue because none of those people, they, they all messed up in Hebrews 11, but they're all remembered for their faith, their faith, their faith, because in Christ Jesus and our faith, we are declared perfectly righteous. I'm just going to stop there. There's more scriptures I have here to read, but I want you to just think about that. Now, I don't want this to, I don't want this to lessen your motivation to run the race. I don't want this to, to lessen your motivation to bring your body into subjection and to remove every weight. I'm not, I don't want this in any way to remove that, that motivation. I want it to increase the motivation because in some ways you're just living out practically what is already true positionally. I'll stop right there. It'll be interesting to see if this generates any thoughts this Friday. You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. I just think it's uh, something encouraging to consider when we see all of the failures around us and in our own lives, when we see the just the mess that sometimes the church is and how messed up the church can be and how how bad we can hurt people and how much we can let people down and how much we can shame the name of Christ. It can become discouraging. Doesn't excuse any of that. But but the race has been run been run and won by Christ. That's what I want us to focus on. All right. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a good evening. God bless.